Ladies and gentlemen, this stage is set. The mics are on. It's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a former fighter. The voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA. The great and powerful Phil Campbell. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a former fighter. And now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts. The one and only Andy the Icon. Burrows. Welcome to Not Another Fightcast with me, Andy the Icon Burrows. We are missing, obviously, my co-host, Mr. Phil Campbell. Um, this is the times of social distancing and also quarantine, not only here, but all across the planet, all across the globe, again, flat earth, if you believe whether it's a globe or not. Um, but what I would like to do today is I'm very lucky to be joined by Jack Aaron Stoops, super rad MMA, who's helping me with this Skype thing that I've just learned, how easy Skype is, which is quite shocking to me. So welcome, Jack. How are you? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Actually, first of all, what I want to do, first of all, is just to point out, um, if anybody hasn't been listening to Super Rad MMA in the last couple of weeks, you've had some outstanding guests. Yes. Starting out with UFC Heavyweight Top 5, Curtis Blades, then you had Josh Emmett, the awesome interview with uh, John Fitch, one of my favorites. And then Johnny Walker um, yep. yesterday. I'm going to listen to Johnny Walker later on when I'm going out to my home gym here. Um, but what a list of guests. Yeah, so it's, congratulations to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a, a long run of uh, grafting to get to this, but uh, yeah, it's starting to pay off now. So it's uh, it's been been great. Uh, they've been super generous with their time and you know they don't owe us anything. So it's just nice to, to have those relationships with those guys and, and, and be able to, to call some favors on whenever we need to, you know? Yeah, one of the things that struck me about um, each each guest that you, you had on was literally how down to earth and how normal every one of those guys was, especially John Fitch. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. John Fitch just seemed like such a normal, nice guy. Yeah, he, he was, and it surprises me every time because, you know, you're talking to some of the most ultimately dangerous people on the planet um yeah but that's probably why i mean certainly combat sports has helped me dull my ego and and uh, get my mental health in order uh, and i'm eternally grateful for yourself for coaching me through two mma fights and you know to, to ifs who, who facilitated it and to forge grappling who uh, look after my brazilian jiu-jitsu and um, which i will do until i'm unable to no more but you know, talking to those guys is just like talking to the guys in the gym. And you kind mm-hmm. of forget that when you think of these guys. You know, it's even the same as, you know, McGregor, Rousey, you know, the superstars of the sport. Um, even John Jones, I suppose, to an extent where you probably would be surprised by how normal most of them are. Yeah, you know. Maybe like, not maybe not John Jones. Maybe, maybe not. Probably maybe not like, McGregor either. But... You know, fucking <laughs> around, trying to ride your wife or something. Um, yeah, definitely not John Jones. But yeah, I really loved the last couple of shows you guys did. Um, the last show was hilarious, actually. There was some bits in it that basically had me bursting out laughing as I was in the gym by myself, laughing away quite happily to myself. So today, what what my plan is, obviously, first of all, we're just having a go at the Skype thing. We're going to use set this up and actually have a YouTube channel as well for um, not another fightcast. I think it's something that we're missing. I really like watching podcasts on YouTube, and I can't. I don't think I'm the only one. And I really like like your guys' show, and obviously I would watch some of the Joe Rogan. Definitely watching off a lot of the Michael Bisping stuff. So Same. I'm going to try and do that now with our show too, and get Phil back on, get him to use Skype too. Ah, you don't want so, his ugly mug on the screen though. Yeah, well maybe. Yeah, fuck. You might. Yeah, about uh, that, you know. 
or that's YouTube finished basically. YouTube that's will it. crash. It'll just shut down. It'll be like Everyone you're guys be turning away, aghast. Oh, like you're you're in Mel's only fans page. <laughs> one day, one day, if uh, the money's so, right. So realistically, what I wanted to do is just have a, a quick chat today about the state of MMA in this global shutdown, and really. I know we're in a lockdown or shutdown or social distancing or isolation or whatever you want to call it. These are all horrible negative words to me. Mm-hmm. But at the minute, they're kind of necessary to beat this fucking mutant pox and get it to piss off. Um, but the state of MMA, things are trundling on. Um, and I just wanted to get some views on from you guys. We, we're people who have ears to the ground. And I think that the biggest one at the minute is the Tony and Khabib and fuck COVID-19 for stopping this in its tracks again. The, um, the fifth time? Fifth Sixth time. time? Sixth time, is it? Is it? Is it I think it's five. five. Or six. Yeah, I think it's the second time it was officially cancelled on April Fool's Day as well. Yeah. Now, is it officially cancelled? Because I saw something today mm. that there is private flights maybe leaving from Russia to yes. get him back. Yeah, I saw that. But you know what? I, I put a tweet up two or three weeks ago um, saying that I sort of knew weeks ago it wasn't going to go ahead. Not not necessarily because of the pandemic. I mean, there was just something in the air that just felt like this isn't going to happen. And uh, I said, I, I came to terms with it a long time ago. So I I don't know whether or not the UFC are doing the right thing or not by not just postponing. And, and we'll talk about this in a moment, I'm sure. But, you know, Habib is getting the blame from a lot of people. Which is wrong. Um, totally wrong. Totally the wrong. The people at fault are the UFC. Um, they, Dana, I get it, is a master businessman. And this would be an amazing time for UFC card because there's people watching reruns of, you know, Israeli and football, you know, from the <laughs> turn I've of the century say, or whatever. I have been watching constant fight reruns on BT Sport. So big shout out to BT Sport. Uh, obviously, we're not sponsored by them. But if you want to give me some money, I'm more than fucking happy to accept it. But they're showing reruns of old UFCs and some fantastic fights that I even forgot about. Well, Saturday so, they're doing two seventeen. Really? Yeah, it's they're rerunning good. it. But it's mm-hmm. probably the best card ever. Is it yeah. Joanna and Rose, Cody mm-hmm. and TJ? That and was just Bisping and... the changing of the guard, basically, and all that. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, it's Bisping and uh, GSP. Yeah. Now uh, that's the one that got dan alenjak obi-wan to nearly cave my ribs in if you remember yes, that i remember seeing that video yeah. it looked pretty gnarly to be fair it's fucking horrendous i just yeah. don't know why other than for money why the ufc are doing this i mean i i i understand that they as a business want to to have cards that they can run when no one else is watching it and i have no doubt that they would mm-hmm. sell well or have really good numbers but you know this is what the outcome of trying to do this is and to me well, why don't you just wait and give me a card that has Ferguson and Habib with the undercard of Masvidal and Usman and yeah. Ganu and Roisenstroik? Why, why don't you just Connor wait? Connor and Gaethje, get them on yeah. the same card. Just wait and give me that. Like I, I have waited years for Connor and or for Tony and, and Habib. I can wait a few more months. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. It's a money issue with Dana, and I'm sure the UFC's hemorrhaging money, not having gates for people coming in and out. Yeah, but at the minute. Um, having the shows with nobody there, the recent Brazil card when there was nobody there was eerie. It was an eerie sort of I feeling. Like I didn't mind it. I didn't it mind it, but it was eerie. Yeah, when everybody's like every sort of Japanese guy basically just claps like this. 
Like, <laughs> you, know, you just get kind of like somebody get their head stamped on, and the the most you can muster is a. I saw a tweet yesterday, right? Um, and it was a guy saying, you know, everyone on Twitter's scrambling for content or things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you could change any one rule in the UFC, what would it be? And I was like, soccer kicks. Oh, obviously. Or Yes. Hell no, yeah. Bring that I, back. No, I, I, even in the days of soccer kicks where there was debates about them being just legal full stop, um, I didn't like them. I just didn't like them. As someone that has had a limited MMA career with a handful of terrible fights, I just don't think that the the risk you're putting yourself at risk in a cage fight, regardless. Yes. And and I just I feel a little bit like people. I don't want to say they're snowflakes because I get that some people don't just don't like that level of uh, violence. But at the same time, it's like uh, people are are okay with the same people that are like no soccer kicks will tell you that they're completely fine with, you know, 12 to 6 elbows, elbows which I am too, but like, you know, there, there's no, there's no real difference in terms of the outcome. I get that a soccer kick ultimately could maybe be a little bit more dangerous, but you know, really the outcome is still the same. And it's the same with knees, the grounded opponents. If you mm. put yourself in that position, you know, and now it's turned into a game. Yeah, it is. The hand touch. If you remember the Masasi and uh, Weidman fight, him. yeah, where he lifted him up, it was a clever, clever move by Masasi. And obviously Weidman, he fell foul of his own sort of game gamesmanship out there. But I, I don't know. I think soccer kicks in that respect, good. It's a good debate to have. I just don't think we'll ever see it back in mainstream MMA outside of one FC. I don't yeah, think we're going to see it again. If you're probably right. Um, but if it, it's the one rule I'd love to have back because it's a, it's a complete game changer. Um, same as headbutts. Headbutts I don't have any real issue with because there's only a few positions where they're they're actually even possible. And in those positions, you know what it'll do is it'll make Khabib more dominant. It'll make guys like that with that style more dominant. Your Colbys and your Usmans, you know. Yeah. Uh, and really, do you honestly think those guys would compete under those rules? Yeah. Serious, I, I, I yeah. genuinely don't. I just don't think it is now as visually acceptable as it was. The shock value of the first ever UFC, where there there are no rules, you know, not where they were allowed the headbutts, and you remember Coleman basically just smashing through people using headbutts. Likewise, Coleman when he went to Pride, the Takata fight taken out of the equation completely. I think anything with Takata in it has got an element of yeah. fakery to it. Um, but then Coleman getting the the front face lock headlock position and using knees to the head of a grounded opponent as well was his bread and butter care did the same mark care was one of my favorite fighters at the time and he used the headbutt very very cleverly as well in the ufc and also the knees to the head of a grounded opponent i just don't think we're going to see that now as visually acceptable i mean I think- i'm i'm cool with it not being in it to an extent because i understand the optics of it don't look good yeah. but at the same time my point is just that for me personally I don't think the optics of it are any worse than the soccer kicks aside, because I, I like I can that was a half joke but half true and that like I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't campaign for it, but I wouldn't be angry if the FC brought it back in. But headbots mm-hmm. I actually feel quite strongly should be legal. Um mm-hmm. and and maybe some fighters wouldn't compete under that rule set. You might you might be right, but mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, I think when you have some of the things that you already have in the sport, you know, 
like, would I rather get headbutted and knocked out, or would I rather that you put me into an omoplata and rip my shoulder apart? Yeah, or you would you rather get kneed in the face? And this is coming from somebody who has been kneed in the face in a in, a, in an MMA fight. It's pretty horrible. <laughs> it's not one of those things. From it's, what you remember, from from the bits that I have got recollections of it, yeah, it's not pretty nice. Um, and and headbutt. I mean, I think a headbutt's more likely to cause a facial fracture or a, a laceration rather than a concussive ending fight but that's that's what i'm saying so, it's purely optics then yes yeah, you know, so it's, and that's it's why just about how it looks the joe um, rogan argument of, of of no gloves um i think he's fallen back on that he, he's gone back now and says no happy with the gloves simply because after watching some of the bkb stuff which i am a monstrous fan of i'm a huge fan of bare knuckle boxing i think that no gloves in mma i think that if you're going to add soccer kicks and headbutts back in you're going to have to dispense with the gloves and go back to WVC, which again Johnny fought in the WVC. And a little aside, I think we touched on it on the podcast with Johnny. If you haven't listened to Johnny's podcast, go please go back and give it a listen. It's an absolute cracker. But uh, when we were in Brazil and they were doing the rules, and you were allowed to you were allowed to strike to the groin in the mm-hmm. WVC, which I thought was totally mental to be honest with you. Um, but it was pointed out at the rules meeting. Yes, you're allowed to strike to the groin, but if you do. You are finished here. That is it. You are finished. So not one person threw a groin strike the whole time, but they kind of just told us, you're allowed to do it. We're going to advertise it, but you're done. Do not, you know, it's kind of do not do it. It was like kicking the head of a downed opponent. We Mm -hmm. talked about that in the rules. They said it's allowed, but please, you know, think about what you're doing. And I think there was only one fight that that had a kick to the head and on a a grounded opponent. The head button one, I think, has the biggest cause for... Um, campaign because I, th- I think that you know n- name name me one time that you remember where it had a it ended someone's career or did more damage than what could be done with a head kick or an elbow, an elbow? or you know it, it's if if there was a case of yeah but that one time that Mark Coleman killed that guy you know I'd be going okay fair yeah. enough but at the same time you know this is a sport that's predicated on being as close to modern day gladiatorial combat as you can get i think it's weird to have certain hills that that are just you know not not mount, uh, not not summitable at all uh you know like why allow knees to the head at all if you're worried about it happening in a position you know why why do it at all um i just find it weird so yeah you can name as hard as you want to the head but not if he's on the ground or not if yeah, ABCD. It doesn't you know. actually make any sense. That the knees to the head thing on the ground, although quite, again, visually difficult for sometimes, for some fans even, as well as legislators to probably look at, the knees to the head on the ground don't really make any sense to me compared to knees to the head standing. If you've ever watched the Anderson Silver, Rich Franklin, and the knees to the face, as he was, his head was completely immobile as he was getting smashed by possibly one of the greatest strikers the sport has ever seen, if not the greatest striker the sport has ever seen, and you are worried that he could do that to you on the ground, you know, what's more devastating? Genuinely, what's more devastating? Well, you don't that, know. Yeah. I would well, say the standing I would in have that thought, respect. I would have thought so, because the other thing as well with knees to the ground, if the opponent is grounded and the... And the person attacking is also grounded. The amount of force that you can generate is still huge, but it's not as you described there, like that where he was pulling Franklin's head down, locked in a plumb clinch, and thrust in his knees as hard as he could to the back of his head. You know, there's no way that you can knee someone that hard. I don't think. I I, I could be wrong on that, so I'm willing to back down on that if that's the case. But 
I wouldn't have thought that I'd be able to knee someone as hard from a you know belly down position on the mat, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know? Or even there's another good example of that is of MVP and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that, that the MVP jumped in. Well, he literally left an imprint of his knee in his skull. Yeah. Now. There is, as you rightly pointed out, an argument to say that it would be more difficult to do from a belly down position on the mat while you're still defending ultimately because if the person moves or the person lifts a limb, that leaves an opening for that guy or girl who's defending to get into a better position and maybe to to actually negate that. So there's going to be a lot of transition. Each time we discussed there, the Rich Franklin and Anderson one and Mm -hmm. the MVP and Cyborg, they were unprotected, unguarded, horrendous smashes to the face. there's an argument to be made, and I think you're, you, you know, you're, you might have changed my mind here on this, of knees to the head on the <laughs> ground. Um, I, I would find that a difficult one not to allow, but I think headbutts, visually, they'll probably never ever come back. Um, and I think that the kicks to the head on the ground, in in what we know as MMA, in Bellator and in uh, Cage Wars, Cage War, or Cage Warriors, those sort of shows that we're getting over here at mm-hmm. UFC, we're not gonna, we're not gonna see that again. Oh, I think you're right that we'll never see it again, um, and I I also think you're you probably you'd be right in saying as well you're probably not going to see knees to grounded opponents in, no. in most states either. Um, the knees to the ground opponents one is the one that that I find the most frustrating because it's not about optics. Um, it it is I think optically worse to have someone be able to do it. You know that as you said, it's a perfect example. The Anderson Silva Frank uh, Franklin. Uh, that 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 is a worse optic than you know than what 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 could have been Weidman and Masasi you know because yeah. that that optic essentially if you take that as let's just say Weidman was grounded you know that th- that's how ridiculous that this this conversation can can get where that half an inch between Weidman's hand and the mat was the only difference between that yeah. strike completely okay and not. And yet, when it was legal, everyone was instantly like, well, that's okay then, it's sweet. And you're going, well, what, like, what difference does it make? No, if his hand had been on the mat, it, the strike looks the exact, exact same. Exact same, same amount of power, same amount of damage. Same like, direction, same silly. angle. It, the, yeah, the 12 to 6 elbows dumped. Yeah, the 12 to 6 elbows. That's, you know, the, there's so much to prove. The 12 to 6 elbows, massive pile of dog turd. And I think that, you know, people... I don't know if that'll ever change either. I, I genuinely don't think it will change. I think it's a rule now and it's going to be set in stone. But I think, you know, the state of MMA that what we have, or state of combat sports, in fact, that we know all boxing, British Board of Boxing Control, um, has uh, suspended all competition, I think, at least May slash June here as well. So you're not going to see some of the fights that we had had hoped for. There was obviously Usyk and Chisora in the works. There was so many other uh, great fights that were on the cards, really, for everybody. There was obviously the uh, Anthony Joshua fight. There was also the talk of maybe uh, Wilder Fury 3. And then Joshua, if he gets through his... It's Povetkin or something he was against. Uh, Pulev. Uh, Pulev. Kubrat Pulev. You already beat Povetkin before. Um, you're missing out then on maybe having that later on in the year, the winner of Fury Wilder taking on Joshua. Um, I think you're... You know, this... COVID-19 pandemic has kind of destroyed combat sports for 20 you've raised, you've raised a really interesting point, though, which actually plays into the UFC's favour. Um, the boxing structure doesn't allow supercards in the same way that the UFC structure does. Um, no, so the, 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 the boxing uh, organisations don't have the opportunity to do what the UFC do and to capitalise with 
you know, those fights you just listed off, well, the UFC can have their equivalent on one card. On the card, and yeah. And the boxing can't do that. And and this is where I I think that the UFC's thought process is misguided. It's not wrong and it's not right. It's just misguided where I've seen many polls on Twitter and on, on Facebook about would you rather have seen this fight be postponed or would you rather have, you know, have them still scrambling to go ahead? And it's overwhelmingly like six, 65 to 80% it. varies a bit postpone it. And I think everyone's argument is at this stage, we've waited this long and we, you know, we kind of accepted that there's no sport and would, would it be great to watch the FC? Yeah. If they put a card on, am I watching it? Yes. I'm not going to take a moral high ground and go, Oh, I don't want to watch that. Of course I will. But I'm also equally happy to wait. And I personally think the UFC should play the exact point that you've accidentally made there. Um, they should play that to their advantage. But the boxing cannot compete with the level of card that, that the UFC would be able to to bring for yeah. you know two or three cards, I would imagine, at least. I mean, if you think about it, you could have a main card, literally, of uh, Khabib, Tony, Masvidal, Usman, mm. Leon Edwards and Woodley, uh, McGregor and... Gaethje or Poirier or whoever it's going to mm-hmm. be, um, you know, uh, uh, Strike and Ngannou, and that's just off the top of my head, you know. And then you, you haven't even mentioned any of the women's fights. Still, you mm-hmm. have Nunes and anybody ultimately. Felicia you Spencer, know, it sounds Felicia like. Felicia Spencer, yeah. that's what. It, yeah, they were going back and forth again on Twitter, Instagram, I think. Yeah. Um, and then the, obviously you have hopefully the return of Tatiana Suarez soon. Um, well, she's still out injured. She was she did an interview there, and she's working with the UFC PI. Um, I think there's a big concern of re-injury. I think Suarez beats any of them. She's tremendous. Such a talented, such a such a talented fighter. And it's very like the heavyweight situation in the males, where you have pretty much zero elite wrestlers, uh, other than Curtis Blades, who's in yeah. a tremendously uncomfortable spot just due to those two Ngannou losses. Mm-hmm. And we we had a, obviously a conversation about this yesterday. Those two Ngannou losses could have easily been mm-hmm. wins if he completes yeah. the takedown. Because yeah. you rightly described, if Blades is able to put Ngannou on his back, it becomes the overeem fight. Oh, 100%. And it becomes the overeem fight. We know that Ngannou doesn't have a very good ground game and um, we knew that from the steep fight and then you hear people go yeah but he's been working on it yeah so has curtis blades you know yeah. do you not and think you that other guys are doing the distance. same just can't close that distance and no the problem with that you have in facing Ngannou is the same problem that you will always have when you're facing Ngannou. people talk about steep wrestling winning that fight for him it was not his wrestling that won him that fight it was his head movement from traditional boxing and it was his cardio it was his, and, and what I would suggest there, you're 100% right. Um, he was able to get out of the way of the shots. His footwork was much, much better than Ngannou's. He placed himself in good positions to allow that takedown to happen. He baited Ngannou in to throw shots when he fainted properly. And he's one of the very few heavyweights that does use feints. Mm-hmm. So I think Stipe, I, I predicted that win all day. Um, yeah, that same. actually got my own back for Dan trying to crush my ribs. Um in that fight, so I predicted at all times. Stipe's footwork was much, much better. Although yeah. he is quite slow, I know he's a heavyweight, but he, he, to me, you looking at a fast footwork from a heavyweight, you're talking around Velasquez. I know obviously he's gone out of pro wrestling, but Velasquez had quick feet. Although his footwork wasn't wonderful, it was more wrestling based than it was traditional boxing based. Mm-hmm. But you are right. But I also think Stipe's fight IQ is just higher than Ngannou's. Well, I mean, more. I think he also showed that in the, the DC2 fight as well, that 
you know, he was arguably, well, not really arguably, he was losing that fight mm-hmm. um, and he adjusted. And I think this fight with DC Stipe, uh, Stipe that, that looks like it's going to go ahead, um, <laughs> it's such a tough fight to call because now you can put an argument forward for both guys. And I actually think you could put a stronger argument forward for DC that for, for this fight than you could from the first fight. Because from the mm. first fight and going into the second, the argument was he'll just he has to catch him again like that because you didn't see his wrestling. You didn't see no. was he able to control him? Did it go a couple of rounds to see how the cardio was? You know, now what we know is that if DC chooses to wrestle, he can win that fight. So I think you've actually got a stronger case for DC for this third fight than you had from from either of the the first two. Mm-hmm. But I still favor DC for the exact or Stipe because the exact reason that we've just highlighted, which is mm-hmm. I think that he is better at seeing loopholes. I have seen people say DC's going to get ripped by body shots again, possibly, but the problem with doing that, as you know, is that every left hook to the body that Stipe throws, there could be a right hook coming behind it. Yeah, and I think that's what DC missed. And I, and I put that down as well, disparity in height between the two guys, um, because Stipe was basically just throwing a very agricultural left hook to the body with not a lot of line. Mm-hmm sort of lead-in techniques. He wasn't doing a lot of feints to throw the body shot. He wasn't trying to draw the right hand and then slip in and throw the left hook. He was just throwing the left hook to the body. Mm-hmm. And I think that absolutely was the game changer. But he knew he could throw it from a distance where he wasn't going to be susceptible to take that right hand. I think and he knows the right hand is dangerous. He was gassed, totally gassed, absolutely done. And it's, it's, it's an interesting fight. Now, the third, as you pointed out, it's a, you can make such a great case for more for DC now because mm-hmm. you've seen his wrestling and you know that he, he out wrestles him all day every day yeah I, DC's in an odd spot too because we actually talked about this on our podcast uh, last week I think um, where you know does he retire well he says he's going to um, as a matter of fact we might have actually talked about this yesterday um, but the issue is that if they offer if the UFC offer him John Jones at heavyweight with you know, with that legacy on the line, can DC say no? I think he should, um, purely because I don't know if you saw the interview DC did this week um, no. about John Jones and he all class and you know John Jones might have won the battle, but I think that DC's won the war. Um, I think that mm. for a while the fans turned on DC and the John Jones marks were you know giving DC a hard time, and I think that over time that has changed by his going up to heavyweight, winning the belt, always being respectful towards Jones. Um, I think he's turned it almost like it didn't happen in a weird way. Mm, And I I mean, how could you not like DC, though? That's one of the things that struck me about that. I never understood why the fans had turned on him. He's just one of the most likable guys in the sport. He's never put a foot wrong outside of the kids that we know of. Um, but do you have somebody like Jones who at that moment in time was gaining a lot of fan support? I just I just can't see how. Like, I know, obviously, there's a... Chael Sonnen said John Jones couldn't sell fight tickets to fight in his back garden, you know, um, but the fans were interested in Jones at the time. I just can't see... I I hope DC turns the fight down if it's offered to him. Same. I don't want to see him fight him again. I don't care whether it's at heavyweight. I don't care if it's in a car park. I don't give a shit. I just don't want to see him do it again because I don't want to see him risk another loss to John Jones, who is a fucking horrible human being. Did you do, do you think that the UFC should punish Jones? Yes. 
Um, the reason I think I know obviously the legality thing is Jones has got house arrest or some shit like that. Yeah, four days quarantine in quar in a global yes. pandemic. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, to me, there's no real punishment here. We talked that he should probably get prison. I thought he was going to prison here. Um, but again, I don't know the American legal system. And I think obviously they're trying to protect the sports star again. But he got like quarantine or house arrest, whatever the fuck it's called. And he also got given like mandatory rehab. He has to attend this and he has to attend these other sort of rehab things. So maybe he'd get, if he does have a substance abuse issue... I am deeply sympathetic to any person who suffers yeah, it addiction. Doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't excuse. But it doesn't it. excuse him being a horrible bastard, and that's no. where that comes. There's plenty of people in the world who have substance abuse problems, but they're a nice guy, and they're not going to place other people's lives at risk. Well, he isn't a nice guy, and he's placing other people's lives at risk. Yeah, you you've hit the nail on the head for me, which is that I've seen people defend him because he might have addiction problems, and he came out after him like, "Yes, I've an unhealthy relationship with alcohol," and you kind of go on like, "Duh," um, but you hit the nail on the head, which is that he fired a gun off in public. Um, now, yes, you can argue that he didn't ultimately hurt anybody, but he could have. He was also drunk in charge of a weapon, which I'm gobsmacked at that isn't an offense in its, in its own right. <laughs> but worse than that, he has uh, not only priors in exactly what he did, but he has prior evidence of endanger directly endangering other people. And I fear that I, I I don't know a lot about the American prison system or legal system, and I'm not going to pretend to, but what I do know is that here we have a uh, rehabilitation-based prison se- uh, system where some people argue that the sentences are too too uh, too light and you know people get out again too quickly, et cetera, et cetera. But when you compare our rehabilitation rates to other, our reoffense rates, I should say, to other countries in the world, we're actually doing better than than a lot not than all i think norway or finland or sweden one of the nordics of course wonderful countries yeah but ironically the one i think that does it best barely has a prison system it's like you know it's almost like they get sent to school again you know i'm I'm half joking but it's that kind of stand in the corner and think about what you've done no more murder you but with jones the deterrency based system where prisons is bad scary place to go in america the idea of that is that you you don't commit the crime because you're terrified of going to prison, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure most people are, and I'm sure Jones is. But the issue is that not sending him to prison hasn't worked. No. That's where I'm at with it. If I'm a judge, yeah. I'm saying that. I'm saying exactly that. I'm saying we have tried our best to be as lenient with you as we can, but you have taught us that not sending you to jail doesn't work. It doesn't help. So no, it, it, it clearly it isn't helping. And, and you rightly pointed out our, our prison systems here, we have a rehabilitation approach to people who are judged to commit an offence. And when those people are committed offence, the punishment is a removal of your liberty. And the removal of your liberty means going to prison. So you're spending time in prison. But while you're there, that's not for you to be punished. That's for you to be rehabilitated, re-educated, and leave that facility to come out and become a better human being. And as you pointed out, our offence rates reoffending yeah might be a lot lower and i think that's because we are doing things a bit better and we've all watched those programs in american prisons where guys get like how many years you got oh 500 i mean what the fuck giving somebody 500 fucking yeah. years in prison you're never coming out what what has that person got to lose inside that prison Nothing. you know you'll you'll become an absolute animal you will become like the worst creature some people would maybe turn to religion or whatever and become a better person but the majority won't you know but you're again, just going to become this beast but again, where's the incentive for that if you're not going to get back out? Because if you're not yeah, going to get back out, you, you, as you said, you've nothing to lose. And 
you know, you might as well make your time there as comfortable as possible. How do you do mm-hmm. that? Well, you do that for, and this is probably going to come across very ignorant, but you do that by being the guy who takes all the extra dinners off people and by being the guy who knows how to get the, the hooch and, you know, contraband yeah. and, and you do that through in-house crime, you know. Um, you know, I, I don't think that system kind of works, but I, I also think that in the way John Jones is being treated by the UFC isn't even being sent to the naughty step. You know, there's going to be no punishment for John Jones. Well, at the He's same probably time, probably just going to, I don't know, what's he going to do? What, well, what's Dana going to do with him? Nothing. They can't because they're independent contractors and the UFC didn't punish Connor for throwing the dolly through dolly. the window. Um, and I think that, like, that happened at a UFC event. Yeah. So I think the problem with that is it's an optical problem where the optics of that will tell you that the UFC won't even punish you if it's at their event. So if the UFC tried to punish John Jones and I'm John Jones, I'm going, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I will never work with you again. Get me out of my contract, you know, because I'm an independent contractor. You didn't, you didn't punish somebody who wasn't at the time openly saying they had addiction issues, uh, committed a felony or a, a crime or whatever mm-hmm. level of crime was at one of your own press conferences or events or, or whatever against your own you know subcontractors or employees for lack of a better term if you don't punish someone for that and you punish me for this yes where does that what sort of a yeah and i think you're probably right and that's why they won't punish him i just think they should i just agree i I just feel that maybe a level of suspension another maybe even well let's let's take the uh professional wrestling model here right you look at what the wwe slash before WWE days, the WWF were doing. Everybody knows the stories of some of these guys were absolutely fucking off the chart. They were nuts. Even to this day, the WWE is paying for these people to have rehab, even to this day, because they recognize that, you know, their work schedule, the demands that were placed physically and psychologically on these people has maybe pushed them towards addiction. And they're, they're covering that base now. I think maybe it's starting to get the same for the UFC, you know, when they know that there's a physical demand, they know there's a psychological demand and that people cope with those demands maybe by acting in excess, whether that be drugs, sex, video games, whatever the fuck they're addicted to, you can have something put in place where those people are getting paid for treatment. And if that treatment doesn't work, we've tried our best, then the the UFC can wash their hands off John Jones and say, look, we've done all we can do. Or John Jones, whoever, it could be anybody. Connor, mm. John Jones, don't care. Mainly John Jones, and I don't really like the dude. But, I mean, then they can wash their hands of him and say, look, we've tried, we've given you our best rehab, we've tried to institute psychological therapy for you, and it hasn't fucking worked because you're throwing it back in her face. So see yeah. you later. You would, think, think, you would think that the FCPI would have some kind of, maybe it does, um, yeah, but you would it, think it would have some kind of psychological counseling you know because yeah. those fighters you know if you look at someone to go the complete opposite direction like ray borg who's had horrendous luck you know financial problems trying to pay for his super sick child he's had multiple mm-hmm. surgeries been in the edge of death so many times you know that guy clearly would have some baggage that you know whether or not he needs to or 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 what you know he's got some stuff that he could i'm sure benefit from talking to someone about maybe he has i'm i'm just using this as an example as to a fighter who even for the right reasons might require some 
additional help. help. Yeah. And the UFCPI is there for the fighters in every other way, you know, making sure their diet's on point, doing bone scans and yeah. doctors and hydrotherapy and physiotherapy. I, I would be surprised if they didn't have something. But I would be, I would be surprised. Well, maybe not in the remedial sense, as in after the fact, and they're adding a remedy to a psychological issue. But I would imagine that they do have sports psychologists and, and you know, mindset coaches and stuff like that who are there to maybe get the guys and girls ready to compete. Because I think that's what the Performance Institute is, is specifically designed about making yeah. you a more efficient and proficient competitor, not necessarily making you a better person. And I'm going to draw a good parallel here between something that happened in our own country a couple of years ago, which was the rugby rape trial. I'm not going to go over the ground with the rugby mm-hmm. rape trial. But what um, my discussion on that was is that Ulster Rugby, mm-hmm. at, as an entity, were making these young testosterone-filled men into mm-hmm. fantastic competitors in their sport. They weren't training these guys and girls to be a better human being, sorry, guys, mm-hmm. um, to be a better human being outside of what they did because they didn't give a fuck. Now, I mm-hmm. think that there is a plan in place to make these people see that their other actions outside can have different ramifications and teach them because yep. if you're in that if you're in that model from the age of 14 or 15 like what people can be now in MMA you can be in this model gym locked up for since you're 14 15 yeah, and it's outside of that you don't know how to act the the rape trial is an interesting one because the people involved turned out not guilty um yeah. now this isn't to, to remove your point you're you're absolutely right in what you're saying but it's a, it's an interesting thing because the the Ulster Rugby Club just disposed of them like they were nothing anyway, even though, mm-hmm. look, to those who don't know, the summary of the course is one girl went back with one or possibly a number of them, had a wild night. There were some text messages exchanged in a private WhatsApp group that became public. Then all of a sudden there was allegations that she was raped. And I have to go with what the courts found. Yeah, we, we could wasn't. say they were... They were well. What, they were found not guilty. That was doesn't necessarily fit. Was the way that they were that they were talking about her morally correct? Probably no. not. No. But I've been in a rugby changing room and I've heard worse. Uh, I totally heard, listen. You know. I mean, and, we've been in, we've been in fighters' locker rooms. We've been in gyms. We've been in all, and these are those are testosterone fueled environments where guys. Get on like fucking dicks. The point, it doesn't make them criminals. The point that I'm making with this is that you have, or the, the Ulster Rugby Club disposed of them because they were deemed to be of no value to them anymore, right? Because they would have been criticized publicly for this, right? I would argue that the UFC benefit from this because what they have done is created a Floyd Mayweather situation where... The fanboys will be happy to see John Jones back. And, you know, if he gets a win, what a story, you know, back again from the edge of addiction and all these things. And whilst that might be true, fair enough. But the other side of it is that you'll have people like you and I who are just waiting for the day that he gets his shit pushed in. Yeah. Those people. And, and I will watch him fight. Benefit from. I, I, and here's the, the converse side of that. I will watch him fight. You know, is he the most talented fighter of our generation? Probably. Yes, he is. Is he a horrible bastard? Yes, he is. Do I want to see him get his face smashed in? Yes, I do. So here's the reasons why I'm going to watch him. I like him because he's talented. I want to see somebody beat the shit out of him. I want to see the white knight defeat the heel, yeah. defeat the black hat. And that's one of the reasons. But we'll, we'll all watch him. And we and you know, you know another thing? We'll watch him for the redemption story, whether oh, we like to fucking believe 100%. it or not. 
we'll want him to maybe book another Bible verse onto Twitter <laughs> and expect their salvation because he's got a Bible verse tattooed on him. I mean, I'm not religious, um, but what I, I do know quite a few religious people, and religion has been great for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem to be doing John Jones any no. good. It, so Mel and I actually had this conversation on our podcast as well about this aspect of John Jones. Um, and I, I've met many great religious people in my life and I've met some of the worst people I've ever met who've been religious, um, including some members of my own family. Um, and one in particular did what I believe John Jones kind of plays uh, a card in. And, you know, I don't particularly enjoy talking about others' faith, but it, 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 it seems too evident to me to ignore it. Where someone I know did this where they did nothing wrong and it wasn't for anybody else to have an opinion on their behavior or their actions because that was for the Lord and the Lord only. And, you know, if the Lord had forgiven them, then so should I, or so should you, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's a complete misinterpretation of, of the Bible. Um, Mel from the podcast is, has a theology degree yeah. um, and, and knows, knows this in and out. And, um, you know, it, John Jones is guilty of playing similar. Um, you know, it's this idea that he has God by his side, therefore he can do no wrong. And I just, I, I think that that's incorrect. And I, I think that in his instance, religion probably would be a very beneficial tool. But I feel a little bit like he either has a misunderstanding or he is, and this would be much worse, he is playing it as a cover for his actions. Now, I, I hope it's the former because the uh, latter is a disgusting behavior. Well, I think it's the latter because, I mean, evidence sadly shows that for him. Um, I would just like to think that at some stage he brings himself back to some sort of level where he's not crashing his car, he's not shooting guns, or he's not getting wasted on drugs or whatever he's doing. He's not cheating, he's not sticking his fingers in people's eyes, he's not kicking people in the balls, and he goes back to being the fighter that we remember. Um, the one and the, that fought Machida. Yeah, that awesome like creature who was just able to literally you would have believed that if any guy was standing across the ring from him on that night or cage from that night he would have beat them he was just so amazing well, Mal um, made i would a like really to good, see that again mal Rader made a really good point about john jones um when he was saying that um i'm just trying to remember what his point was now because i don't want to i don't want to get it wrong yes he was saying that with when you look at jackson's there's been so many people cast out of Jackson's that have had, you know, terrible things to say about John Jones. And everyone jumped to John Jones's defense, being like, ah, it's just a guy that's bitter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now the Diego Sanchez's and the, the Cowboy Cerrone's of the world don't don't look so crazy anymore, you know? No, and Nick Bowlby's don't look so crazy when he said, look, no. I shared a room with this guy. This is what he was up to. Don't believe what he's telling you. This is not fair. This is unfair. And yes, unfortunately for Colby, he's playing... The, I'm going to use an Alex Jones reference here. He's playing that Alex Jones character where there's mm. a shred of truth in amongst a yeah. lot of crazy bullshit. Yeah. But you're not going to spend your time sifting through that crazy bullshit to find a shred of truth. But looking back now, Colby, you were like, this guy seems He's to be telling the off. truth. Yeah. Did you Hello. see the Mark Coleman piece the UFC did? Have you seen it yet? The Where They Are Now piece? No, but I definitely they've, will. They've done two of these. Um, they did a Tim Sylvia one. Uh, these have only come out this week, I think, and the Mark Coleman one, and the Mark Coleman one is beautiful. It's pretty sad um, because you see uh, an, a, now a, 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 a current Mark Coleman um, who's on the older side and humble and living a, a, a 
comfortable life with his his uh, new girlfriend and their young two-year-old mm-hmm. um but they don't tell you a lot about what went on but his relationship with his previous two kids i think has been tough um since the the divorce and there's just a scene in it that just stuck with me where he takes his kids out for dinner and there's you know they're talking and laughing and he's sort of mm-hmm. narrating it and saying that you know he treasures these times and all and at the end of the dinner he has to he takes them outside and he gives them both a big hug but you the camera's like a wee bit away and there's just some sort of look in his eye that's just it just broke me um and mm. whenever the kids walk off he's like looking you know watching them walking away and i don't i don't know exactly what happened but there's pain in in that shot and it was just a really well directed piece mark coleman one of the legends of the ufc uh Nice to see that you know he 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 just loves being a dad. It I think seems. he's back coaching as well. Coleman's coaching too. I think he's coaching. As far as I know, it's his stepson and his best friend. But I don't know if he's coaching. Coaching. Um, he, yeah. he could be right, and he, he maybe is. But one thing that he did cover in that was that, and he had the two of them in the basement taking them on pads and he's yeah. shadow boxing. And you just think to yourself, it's like those kids have no idea. I mean, they no. they probably heard the stories and they've seen the, but they have no idea like no, from one of the literal the most outstanding competitors that the that the sport not just the ufc like you see we're lucky to get him um but the sport has ever seen and i touched earlier on the takata nonsense but apart from that like fucking hell what a fighter what a fighter him and care but i loved the two of them at the time they were like a mirror image of one another yeah. and they really dominated destroyed literally that cares video the smashing machine if anybody hasn't seen that that's worth watching if you have, have you watched that before oh yeah yeah of course it's horrendous but amazing you know um so i think that kind of tells their story too him and coleman are in it together as well i think he's in a, in a, a section of it too but that's yeah i must actually watch those now tim sylvie was an interesting cat too it's different times back then i mean you you were in this era but you know you didn't go to an MMA gym. We talked to John Fitch about that. No. You know, you were going 10 different places. And I don't know if the days of the specialist, we had this conversation again on the podcast. It'd be interesting to get your take. Um, excuse me. Uh, which is what's the best base for MMA or is it just MMA? And Mel seemed pretty adamant that it was MMA. And I'm, I'm just still not sure that, that that would trump high level grappling. Like, you I'm, know, specialist. I'm, I'm on your side here. Um, I'm on your side, hundred percent. I think that if you can have, and, and for me, ultimately, I'm I'm saying that it is what people are describing as collegiate wrestling or freestyle Olympic wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, collegiate wrestling marginally different, but freestyle Olympic wrestling. I'm saying at a good level, it doesn't even have to be a, a, a immensely high level, but at a good level is the most what I describe as like the the the, the base of a pyramid um, of any good combat sport i just think that in that respect you control where the fight takes place mm-hmm. for two reasons one you have the ability to take that person down and two you have the ability to stop that person taking you down yeah. so you can control where that fight takes place virtually throughout the course of the fight the fitness is great the grind is there the technique is going to be there so i think and the strength is obviously absolutely through the roof so i think that in that respect i'm with you 100 percent on that well to be fair like i don't want to misquote it but like he he did he part of the mma uh base that we we were talking about you know i 
I think his point was that, you know, it is quite wrestling heavy now because it has to be. But I still personally feel like, and again, you know, people can go and listen to that podcast, um, no problem, uh, and, and hear both sides. Um, but I, I just think that, I think amateur wrestling is, it's just a different level of, of control. I, I mean, super, see, the thing with BJJ is, like, I love BJJ and it has changed my life. But I think the only guys, if you're going to be a specialist in BJJ, you have to be completely world class. Like mm. you have to Gordon be your Ryan. your Maya, your Gordon Ryan's. You have to be that level to beat a wrestler with good control, just because of the what the strikes can add, you know, uh, or take away. More importantly, but. I think that with wrestling, you can be an average college wrestler and be so dominant in the in the UFC with with a, a handful of other skills thrown in. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. I don't see there's. I think that's the only sport that I suppose in essence it, it is a sport um, that transfers so uniquely well. And think like, look, let's be honest. Think of all the good wrestlers that have made it to the UFC and the average wrestlers who have made it to the UFC and then have looked. Like world beaters when they're there. Well, like John Matthews, Fitch, John Matthews, Fitch had a, yeah, uh, John Fitch had a, up until I think his last year in in college had a fairly, uh, I'm hesitant to say it just in case I'm wrong, but I'm I remember reading on his Wikipedia that it was a fairly average or less than average wrestling record for his first yeah. couple of years, and then sort of got things together a bit. But you know, you that's just wrestling. It's it's a different level of control. One thing that Mel. And I talked about in the podcast that I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear your take on was the idea of the, the Usman Masvidal fight. Mel's certain, certain. I think he's right. To be fair, mm. that Usman's just going to maul him. Yeah, unfortunately, I think. I mean, you know what? Masvidal's become like this weird caricature of himself in the last number of months. Like yep. wearing a fucking like house coat, a okay. weird, creepy house coat to a UFC event and, and believing in his own hype at the street. Jesus, don't get me wrong. I like it. I think it's good. And I think it's good for the sport. I think it's fun. But Usman demolishes him. I think Usman will make the same mistakes that uh, that the likes Oscar of made. Askren made. No, not at all. You even watch it, Usman. He doesn't. He didn't even go for a takedown against Covington. I was hoping to see a battle of two good wrestlers there, and it I'd turned love into to literally it. a boxing match. But I think you get what you get when you watch. There's an argument to be put forward when you watch Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that it's more fun watching the lower belts sometimes, um, because the the upper, upper, upper echelon guys can quite often cancel each other out for long periods of time, especially yeah. more so in gi than no gi because you've you've handles on you. Um, but there is an argument to be had that you know the lower bits are, and I think that that's what you'd have got. You'd have just had. I think Usman could have got him down. I think Colby could have got Usman down. I think yeah, hundred percent got back up. I think that Colby could have got back up, and then you had a fight in the feet. And I think mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I think that that fight, if you play it over ten times, I don't think it go. I think it goes six and four. I, but Usman, yeah, I don't think five. I don't think it's all one way. And I've definitely that fight wasn't all one way either. I was really enjoying the fight. I thought like I felt it's sorry for Colby getting stopped, but the right I think it was the right, right decision. Combo. Yeah, it was the right decision every time. I'd like to see him come back. Um, I would like to see him get the winner of Usman and Masvidal, but I think it's Usman again. Usman, I I say that I think that fight has moments um, because I think that Usman's striking is limited in the same way that Colby's is. It's they're not bad strikers; they are very good strikers, but they're not 
like Masvidal is his boxing is clean and you know, some snappy kicks. You know he's underrated when it comes to boxing, um, and his pure boxing ability uh, is is great. Now, I don't think that'll be wrestling. I I favor Usman, but I think there will be some hairy moments because I think I think this could look like the Maya fight a little bit. Yeah. Again, that was a, that was a split decision loss to Maya, wasn't it? For uh, no, I, th- I think Usman a bit more dominant than that. Yeah, I, I think also but, Usman because he's so physically powerful, and you can just see see how str- much strength plays into his game when he has you in a good position. And I think that, and he carries the power late on in the fight. You could see against Colby. I sadly would fear for Masvidal's safety in this one. I don't think he's going to knock him out. He's not going to be the Darren Till finish. It's not going to be similar to what he couldn't. I know I'm going to say he couldn't finish Nate Diaz. He did finish Nate Diaz, but Nate Diaz was not going to be knocked cold by Masvidal. No. See these people saying that the Diaz fight was turning? It's like garbage. Were we watching the same fight? Like Was it, was it turning worse for Diaz or what? He was just getting his balls kicked in. There's no... Yeah, I think it was it was a recipe for him getting knocked out. To be honest, or getting badly hurt, getting badly yeah. hurt. I don't think he's going to knock him cold. I don't think he's knocking him cold. Um, I think that's reserved for people like Josh Thompson to do that with Diaz. I don't think that's mm-hmm. reserved for somebody who hits very very hard, but doesn't really isn't known until very recently as being a knocked out single shot striker. Yeah. So I think that that was just going to get worse for him. His technique was much better than Diaz's on the feet. Diaz didn't seem to be remotely interested in taking the fight to the floor. He literally just wanted to stand and throw down, which is great for the fans. But I'm glad it ended when it did. I didn't want to see him take any more. I just didn't think it was fair. So we, one of our YouTube videos that I did on uh, iPokes and MMA, right? We talked about the glove redesign, right? And I was saying that, do you not think that the UFC are missing a trick with the contender series to use that for, like, see open scoring? Do you know they're trialing that? Do yeah. you not think that the contender series would be a great place to be like, redesign gloves, try them in contender series, you know, mm-hmm. open scoring, trial and contender series? Do you yeah. think the UFC are missing a trick with that? Uh, 100%. That way, you could try out new bits of, of fight technology. I mean, these things exist. Those mm-hmm. pride gloves, many eye folks you see in pride, very, very few. Many eye folks you see in amateur MMA. Yes, with the shape of the glove. I Same agree. Glove. It's, a, it's a similar glove, yeah. Um, and I think that that is... You made a very, very good point. Why don't the UFC try out their own fight technology in their own show and then patent that, get that moving, and then maybe use it in some of the bigger, bigger shows too? I just well, think that there is a glove out there. There has to be a glove out there that stops all this. It stops the John Jones stabbing you in the eye. DC's well, guilty of this too, by oh, the way. I'm not, picking on, I'm not picking on Jones, but DC's equally as guilty of the eye poke. I I'm picking on John Jones all the time, actually. The problem, oh, me too. The problem, I think, is like uh, with with those amateur gloves, the gloves that Mel and I fought in, um, you can extend your fingers, but you can only do it for a split second. You can't you can't hold your fingers like that because the gloves no. kind of pulling them back down. But that's all you need. You know, they're flexible enough to grapple. And like I said in the video, like the problem with grappling in gloves isn't how much you can curve your fingers. It's the fact you're just grappling in gloves. In gloves, yeah. You know, there's no it, other. You like, can't get around that. There's never going to be a glove that they can exist that's going to favor grapplers. That just can't happen. It's no. more area. You know, if you're trying to slide a choke in under the chin, there's just gloves there. But it's just a, bit, it a chunk of leather in the way, whether it be four ounces or ten ounces or six ounces. It's still a chunk of leather in the way. Um, that was incidentally that was a great uh, 
video of the eye pokes i really loved that one actually it was very very good very insightful so if you haven't seen that folks please go and if you wonder what the fuck i'm up to i'm just plug in my laptop because i just realized i've got like 10 percent of it left um, deck off yourself in the middle of a live stream well actually i did that you didn't even notice um so nice. what point? Yeah. well exactly it was about five minutes ago it was just <laughs> it was the prison bit i just couldn't uh, contain myself. i couldn't resist no, but uh, yeah, the class video, the iPoke video is really, really good. Um, very insightful, and you you touched on the glove thing, and I think you're probably right. Why in the fuck not do it? Um, somebody is going to come up with a better glove. Somebody is going to do it, and they're going to end up with quite a great society or quite a reasonable amount of money. Good for them. Good. I wish it was me, but uh-huh. I think that's the how it's going to end up. But what I was going to say, you were coming up to the R marker. Um, so what we've discussed really like state of MMA in lockdown, which is ultimately shit. State of boxing in lockdown. We know we're not going to get any fights anytime soon. Um, just to touch on the fight, some of the shows that have been postponed. We have Reese McKay, Northern Irish fighter, who's fighting for a welterweight title in Cage Warriors in May. That has been postponed again. Although Reese didn't have an opponent lined up as well. They have the Brave FC. Um, the, those fights are postponed. Bellator postponed. UFC teetering on the brink of postponing. So we're kind of without fight sport at the minute. Mm. Um, I think that that is what's left a lot of these guys and girls in limbo. And it's kind of left our, in essence, our, our shows in limbo. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, I don't know, where, where do we go next? And what, what do you think happens next? Nothing. I think I think we as fans have an onus of responsibility to, to vocalize how we feel on social media um, and and let it play out how it will play out. Um, as I said, most of the polls I've seen have suggested that most people are happy to wait. Um, mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for the UFC to, to curry some favor with the fans to do a poll and say, what would you like us to do? Would you like us to pause and then resume a normal schedule? Would you like us to give you you know, two super cards when we get back and then resume a normal schedule? Would you like to see us really scramble and try and get cards put together? You know, let the fans do it because it's mm. this is bordering on bad PR what they're doing and for all of the new fans and I suppose it's not in a way because people are going to watch anyway but you know th- there is an opportunity here for the UFC to to actually listen to their fans um, and what they want and look at the end of the day if they'd done that three weeks ago we would still have Khabib and Tony to look forward to it just wouldn't have been on April 18th No I totally agree with you I can't, I can't point and I don't think there's a better way of putting that and I think the UFC has always, in fact, the MMA has always been a fan-driven sport. It's always, it grew up during the course of the internet era, and it is still fan-driven. And we all know the underground forums and stuff like that are still pretty hot. And Reddit at the minute as well, Twitter, all the places where people go and look for mixed martial arts, combat sport content, are saying the same things. Get the fucking yeah. fight postponed, book it later on in the year when this mutant pox is fucked off, or we yeah. have an effective therapy for it and get the guys back into the arenas, get the atmosphere back the way it should be, and treat us then to a couple of super cards on the UFC, on 1FC, on Brave. Get these shows, which the fighters will be clamoring to get fucking on. Do you know why? Because you haven't been being paid, which is shit. Plus, you're cooped up in the house. You're back in yeah. the gym. You've got that fervor. You've got that vigor back into your training again. And that will hopefully bring forward a rush of combat sports shows. That's what I'm hoping for. That's my dream of of lockdown my lock, <laughs> yeah. my fucking lockdown combat sport wet dream is that once we get out of this shit 
Yes. So once we get the fuck out of this shit, that there's going to be some much better cards in the offing because people have been starved of MMA. At the minute, I'd probably watch two tramps fighting. Oh, I would 100%. watch it. Anyway. I would, I would definitely fucking watch it anyway. You know, would probably end up trying to commentate on it or something. Did you see your man in Belfast going at your boy with the the sign oh, in the shop? Dreadful. That's our week. But just before we, just before you wrap up though, um, one of the questions I had about that. Uh, about having more fights lined up and stuff is do you think that the UFC benefit from having the run of strong cards or do you think that they can get away with just picking up where they left off? No, I don't think they can pick up where they left off. I think they're going to have to put a, a run of very, very strong cards together. And, and we, when we say strong cards, some there's like, we've you've one of the first guys to do this and you've looked back over some of the older cards and went that's a sleeper this is a sleeper um these fights were much much better in hindsight we don't have that now we need to have instantaneously good fights and good matching when this all um returns to a level of normality because the fight fans want fights it's like boxing's gonna have to do the same and literally if, if i were in in control if I was Eddie Hearn. I wish I had Eddie Hearn's money, but I don't want to be Eddie Hearn. Um, I would drop the pay-per-view for a couple of these and just get the fans into the arena, get the fans on watching it on terrestrial television, on Sky, on wherever you can get eyes on the sport again and, and let people know, look, this still fucking exists. These guys have been training. They yeah. still exist. There is an argument. I think that's what the UFC are going to have to do. It is. And the, the, the other thing as well, just to just for a uh, wrap-up for you, is um, the UFC would be of a lower standard because I don't give a shit what people say. Fighters aren't training to the level that they were. They can't. No. I get that some of them are training in private gyms and, you know, still getting coached and all, but it's just not the same. And I worry yeah. that some of the fights would be of a lower standard than what you could have got without it. I, I think you're right. I think that's it. People can't get into the, um, um, an excellent Thai boxing show here in Belfast as well, run by Jamie Crawford from Langham Muay Thai, is called Deliverance. And that was postponed too because... Simply the guys and, and girls who were training the fight couldn't get into their fucking gym. The gym was yeah. closed, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's you're, you're right on that. So I think that's probably a fantastic place to leave it. Um, yeah. That we do have hope of combat sport when this all gets back to some sort of normality. Before we wrap up, um, we did a show yesterday. You remember the <laughs> Tried to. fucking fuck Skype? The first time I've ever used it. And I realized how easy it was. But we did a show realistically about it was about our shared love of gaming and our shared love of combat sports gaming. So if anybody wants us to try and recover that or try and basically salvage some of the stuff that we have, um, let us know um, because it was a really, really super fun show to do. It was brilliant because you, Mel, and I are all game geeks Mm -hmm. and we all had our own views and specific games and things that had great memories for us. And I know a lot of MMA fans are are gamers too. So if anybody's interested, please either let Jack, myself, or Mel know about that on your Twitter, Instagram. Where can they get you? Uh, At MMA Show on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash SuperAdMMA. Uh, and they can find the podcast on iTunes, Podcast Addict, any of the podcast apps, anywhere like that, by searching for Super Rad MMA. And you had an awesome guest on yesterday, which should be, is it out on YouTube now? It's on YouTube, yeah, which again you can find by searching Super Rad MMA. Uh, I think it's actually ranked in the top three if you search Johnny Walker interview. So yeah, Perfect. So that was obviously UFC Light Heavy with Johnny Walker on your show, which is a fantastic guest. Um, so per- perfect with that. You can find me on 
on the socials apparently <laughs> on uh, that is an actual thing i heard somebody saying it yesterday um sadly it was on tiger king i think somebody used to turn oh, no. oh, oh fuck really <laughs> um but uh you can find me at the underscore icon 77 you can find us on not another fight cast on instagram and on facebook and you can find my co-host which is mr phil campbell on the p under pc underscore comedy on instagram as well um i think him and phil and noel o'keefe are doing like some very very funny facebook stuff at the minute <laughs> that's great commentating the mad street fights and it's fucking hilarious so if you anybody give no O'Keefe again no O'Keefe commentary uh search on instagram and facebook to find those as well very very funny listen this has been a great fun show so yep, uh, me. thank you very much for jumping also teaching me how to use this wonderful skype machine no, and hopefully no we'll be back soon talking about some real fights so thank you very much uh folks we have been not another fight cast please go back and listen to our back catalog on as podcast attic itunes anywhere like this we're going to post this up on youtube and if you're interested in seeing more youtube stuff please do let us know um jack from super rad mma here's going to give me a hand with their company palooka media and they're going to help us out with um, editing as they've done throughout our podcasting journey which is we're eternally grateful because we simply no, couldn't no have done it um without them so folks thanks very much for giving us a listen hope you enjoyed the show we'll be back as soon as we can with some more stuff hopefully with real fights and real people if not we might recover the gaming podcast which was brilliant crack but thank you very much we've been super, uh, super rad mma with jack and i've been not another fight cast with me andy the icon burrows thank you very much folks cheers